When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to Stacking the Box podcast with Sterling Holmes and Ian McMillan. I am Sterling Holmes, and we have a special guest joined now by Reed Wallach. Reed Wallach, senior editor at BetSided and host of The Early Read, which is very timely. College football, college football podcast. What are we talking about now? The NFL Draft. Reed, how you doing? I'm good. I'm pumped to be on talk some draft, uh, draft betting, you know, all this stuff. I, I love the NFL draft. And I think it's funny as someone who watches as much, if not more college football than anyone, when we get to the NFL draft, I feel like we like just lose sight of what's going on. Like the pro and college comparisons, like we have to almost throw out like what we're looking at and we need to look at it from a new lens. The NFL game is so different and I just think that it's so interesting how these teams actually form their opinions. And, you know, I have my own opinions on some of these players. And I mean, this year shaping up to be as wild as any with the flip-flopping going on the last few days at number one in the betting market, you know, who's going to trade up to three, what's happening with the Colts at four. I mean, there's a lot going on here and there's a lot to get into. So I'm pumped to come on and uh, hash out with you guys. Ian, how are you doing, man? It's been a long time. It's been a whole week. I, I, I've missed your face. I've missed the the Canadian beer you have on tap, apparently behind you. I miss getting into it about Desmond Ritter and the Falcons. How was your Easter weekend? Yeah, everything was good. Uh, this is, uh, you know, when you cheer for a bad team like I cheer for uh, the Atlanta Falcons, there's very few bright spots of the year, but the NFL draft is one of them because when your team has a top 10 pick, it is exciting leading up to the NFL draft. So I'm pumped. This is the first time I've been able to get excited about the Falcons since probably like week four or five last season. So uh, I'm excited to get into it just a couple weeks away now. And if you want to be excited, we stream live every single Tuesday from 11 Central AM until noon Central. Uh, if you guys want to tune in live, you can. If you're listening to this on the podcast audio version, if you're watching on YouTube after the fact, we do do this live. And if you want to comment, we will answer any of your questions, at least most of your questions. But let's get into it. Bryce Young now projected to be the number one overall draft pick in this NFL draft. Just a week ago, it was C.J. Stroud and Ian, you and myself, we talked about it. We were pretty uh, entrenched with C.J. Stroud going one. But now it's Bryce Young. What's up with this? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, we talked last week. I think it was Stroud was a minus. If you look at the betting odds, like a minus 300 favorite. And for anyone who doesn't know what betting odds means, means you'd have to bet $300 on C.J. Stroud in order just to profit $100. So that's a pretty sizable favorite. Now, just a week later, with no real significant news uh, coming out, or at least maybe none that I'm aware of, Bryce Young now minus 250 favorite Stroud down to plus 175. So one of the best things that you should look at when trying to predict what's going to happen, especially in the in the NFL draft, is the betting odds because nobody has a better idea of what's going to happen than professional sports be- uh, bettors who are laying down a lot of money 
on these kinds of outcomes. So uh, Bryce Young, now the betting favorite. Did I miss news, Reed? Was there any kind of news to cause this, or is this just whispers from inside the Panthers organization? Yeah, uh, my assessment on this, Young is, I mean, he's out to like minus 250, 300 yeah. now. I, I think this isn't like a, conf- listen, maybe it is Bryce Young, and that's been the decision, but as someone who looks at this from a betting perspective, this seemed more like the odds got close and then people just started flooding in with Bryce Young, like FOMO mm. betting, basically saying, okay, well, right. like, oh, this is it. Like, it's going to be Bryce Young. And now the numbers may be gone a little too far out to Bryce Young. I mean, when the Panthers trade up, uh, there were a lot of reports that CJ Shroud was their guy. Josh McCann had that video uh, talking about how much he loved CJ Shroud at the pro day. He loved CJ Shroud. Then there's been some murmurs that Bryce Young is in the conversation. This isn't a done deal, it's not confirmed because. If it would have been confirmed that it was CJ Shroud, he would have it would have went to like minus a million. Like you wouldn't be able to bet it anymore. So the fact that Shroud was still like a overwhelming favorite meant that it wasn't in pen and it wasn't at the podium already. So I think that this move to Bryce Young shows that maybe it is him and he is running away, but we still got two and a half weeks left. So I think we still have a little bit more to suss out here, but I think it's an open conversation. I personally I, I, I'm not crazy. But I think all these quarterbacks have flaws. I think Bryce Young, to me, is the better quarterback prospect. That's my opinion. I don't work for the Panthers. But um, I, I think that there is some there's some definite momentum that's going in Bryce Young's direction. Um, as the odds, maybe it's a little too far out. Like, I'm not rushing to bet Bryce Young right now. I think the, the ship has sailed on that uh, Bryce Young movement right now. There might be another opportunity to get back in, though. Yeah, how pissed would you be if you got uh, C.J. Stroud at minus 300 and now you're like, well, I should have waited. I should have waited. Uh, it might be a good time if you're in the betting market to go to C.J. Stroud. Wouldn't yeah. you agree? A hundred percent. I think with this draft specifically, you know, we'll hand out a, a few bets along the way, I think. But to me right now, it's let's try and pounce on this uncertainty that is the NFL draft because – Okay, now we have a new timeline where everyone's thinking, okay, CJ Stroud's going to go one, Bryce Young's going to go two. The intrigue starts with the Cardinals at three. We now need to open up another timeline where it's CJ Stroud or Bryce Young might go one. Is CJ Stroud going to go two? Is a defensive player going to go two? I think you want to be looking at plus signs this far out from the draft still with it being unknown. You don't want to lay minus 300 when you don't know what's going on because this is different than like a normal football game where you're betting a team to win like that. That's like this outcome is going to be determined by people. It's an information bet. So it's a little different. So this is not something I'm rushing to lay minus 300 on Bryce Young, lay $300 to win a hundred. That's not something I'm interested in doing. I think maybe you go in on CJ Shroud and there's another opportunity where the odds kind of shift back. All it takes is one report from Adam Schefter or Chris Morrison to say, Hey, you know, like, you know, uh, David Temper kind of likes C.J. Stroud, actually. He woke up this morning and kind of changed his mind. All of a sudden, C.J. Stroud's my answer. That's how these things move. So um, I wouldn't rush to lay a minus number this far up in the draft, given where we stand right now. And what you what the, what the dream scenario would be for anyone who's looking to bet on this is that if you get plus money on both guys, if someone had got Bryce Young at plus money there last week, now they're able to get C.J. Stroud a plus money unless something out of the blue happens like Anthony Richardson goes first overall. They're guaranteed to make money. So maybe the move now is take Stroud a plus money 
hope things do flip back the opposite way. Then you can get young at plus money and you're laughing heading into draft day. I just love you guys were talking about, yeah, spend 300 to win 100. I'm sitting here going, all right, maybe I'll spend three bucks to win a dollar. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm a little more frugal than you. Uh, Reed, I just saw you said the Falcons just traded for Jeff Akuda, former what? Ohio State cornerback. What? Yeah. I, that's, I thought that was timely to talk about, not to rip up the outline. Uh, but, yeah, because I one of my thoughts on this draft was I – and I think you liked Falcons go pass rusher, so this would probably help in that regard. I was thinking Falcons go cornerback, so um, maybe they still do go cornerback, really try and fortify the secondary. But um, that's a pretty nice buy low um, – by the Falcons. I don't know what they gave up, though. I'm just looking at Twitter right now. Yeah, per Field Yates trade, the Falcons are acquiring Lions cornerback Jeff Akuda, his agent Kevin Connor of Uni Sports Management confirmed. Uh, for a yeah, fifth round pick, it looks like. Okay. Um, that's not bad. Oh, come on, Chiefs. That's what? not bad. You, that's you, a good you, you fifth rounder? I'm in, baby. Yeah. Um, did Jeff Okuda have a good year last year? I feel like I haven't seen anything with Jeff Okuda. He's been perpetually he injured, injured two years ago. <laughs> he, was, he, he was injured so, two years ago. So ideally, yes, and we're going to get into this in a little bit. Ideally, I, I wanted the Falcons to get a pass rusher, but I have two on my mind, and I've been running for the past week now, I've been running these like mock drafts on PFF where you can actually like take control of a team and mock draft seven rounds. And the guy I want never falls to me. So I, and every single version of this mock draft, and I did one uh, with Rob Pizzola yesterday, I ended up going corner eighth overall for the Falcons because the pass rushers I wanted didn't fall to me. Um, now this changes everything. The Falcons absolutely will not be taking a cornerback yeah. eighth overall, which seemed like the most likely scenario. So now that changes that changes a lot of things heading into the draft for the Falcons. Now it is not going to be a corner. They're going to take, they'll probably look past rusher. Maybe they'll trade back. Um, that, that changes things a lot. That's interesting. Yeah. Jeff Akuto, former third round draft pick from Ohio state played in only nine games, his rookie season, a disappointment, all the hype that was surrounding him only one game in 2021, again, perpetually injured and then was able to play in 15 games last season. But the Lions obviously have had a massive investment into the corner position. Jeff Akuda was rumored to be on the trade block for a few days now. And the Falcons, according to, I, I don't know where you saw, but apparently a fifth round draft pick for Jeff Akuda. Yeah, I'm looking at some PFF grades of him. Great run stopper as a corner. His coverage grade has not been great lately. That's a little bit concerning. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a move. Yeah. Fifth round pick. I think I think that's I'll, I'll, I'll take him for for a fifth round pick. Yeah, former third round draft pick overall or third pick overall. overall. I, I I'm I'm all in. I mean that is a good move in my opinion for the Falcons. Fifth rounders, uh, that that's a dart throw if I've ever seen one. Uh, might as well take a dart throw on someone who was rumored at the time to be a can't miss prospect at corner. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get back into Bryce Young because I want to get your thoughts on this read. Ian, I don't know if your thoughts have changed. Mine haven't changed. I still think personally, not betting-wise, on the field-wise, C.J. Stroud is the safer bet. That's the way I would go if I were the GM. You said Bryce Young. Why do you think Bryce Young is more talented or would translate better NFL success-wise than C.J. Stroud? Uh, it's more of a feel and an eye test for me. I do feel, and it's funny, the last uh, game you'll see from CJ Stroud was probably, in my opinion, his best and most impressive to, you know, looking at his NFL career against Georgia, um, where obviously Ohio State loses. But to me, Bryce Young, every single time I watched him play, making plays out of nothing. And I, it's going to sound silly because it's Alabama, right? They're the best team. But this Alabama team, especially last year, not a great offensive line. They did not have the receivers, especially last year. Two years ago, they had John Mechie and Jamison Williams. I'll give you that. But this past year, this Alabama team was a complete fade for me. I did not like Alabama at all throughout the entire season. Didn't see them as a national championship contender like they were kind of being priced. So I had a very keen eye on Bryce Young, and I watched him make play after play, make read after read, play hurt. You know, all those things, um, the intangibles really jump out to me. I get he's small, so maybe that's going to hold him back. But I then watched C.J. Shroud. Didn't love him under pressure. Didn't, you know, I didn't really see as much making plays on the run. He didn't really create with his legs. Bryce Young actually created more with his legs. And most importantly, look at who he was throwing to. Marvin Harrison Jr. next year might be the, you know, top three pick as a wide receiver. He's filthy. They had offensive lineman. Paris Johnson's going to be a top 15 pick at least, maybe top 10. So to me, I think Bryce Young did more with less. And when I'm looking at, the next level that stands out to me because when CJ shout to me was under pressure, under duress, I just didn't see number one pick potential. In my opinion, he throws a pretty ball when he has time, he's able to set his feet and throw, but you know, I think if you're going to Carolina rebuilding situation, is, is that going to be there? You know, you're going to be that offensive line has work to do, not as good of receivers for sure. So I think you're going to have some issues with CJ shout early on to me, Bryce young, you could drop in there and he's, going to give you an opportunity to take a step forward. I'm not going to say they're going to, the Panthers are immediately a win now destination, but this is a guy that I believe in as a quarterback prospect. And maybe that's just gut feel to me, but that's how I see it. Uh, shout out Chris Albright in the chat. Sterling got his guy, Richie James. Yeah. I've been on the Richie James trade for uh train for about a month now. So I'm glad Richie James coming to Kansas city as a, um, a Cole Hardman replacement, <laughs> but Ian rebuttal. Why are you going C.J. Stroud, or if you're still sticking with C.J. Stroud, number one overall? 
No, I was just, when I said that last week, I was just kind of following the betting odds. Um, <laughs> do you, how's that fit? Who do you, Reed, let me ask you this. How, who do you think has a higher floor between the two quarterbacks? Because I'm not as big of a college football guy as you are, but I feel like CJ Stroud might have a little bit of a higher floor because Bryce Young, I know his, you know, his height might cause some concerns, especially when we're seeing what's happening with Kyler Murray, where the talent is there, but he's getting hurt almost every single year. Do you have any concerns with that about Bryce Young and which quarterback do you think would have the higher floor? Uh, higher floor. I just, I see Bryce Young where I, I guess Stroud has the higher floor because he does have the size. He can throw, you know, he could put the ball downfield, but in today's NFL, if you're not able to be mobile in the pocket and make plays on the run, that's where you run into trouble in today's NFL. And Bryce Young could do that. Bryce Young incredibly mobile we've seen him make plays on the run we've seen him um make a not even the audibles at the line of scrimmage like the improvisation in the field of play running around finding guys downfield even little dump offs we've seen that from Bryce Young CJ Shroud is more of a one-trick pony that's where I I'm not going to say like total bust on CJ Shroud where Bryce Young can maybe get a little hurt earlier in his career the durability could be a concern had a shoulder injury this past season Shroud to me though I just I don't see elite upside with CJ Stroud like I do Bryce Young. I think that Bryce Young's able to overcome the size issue. You're talking all pro level quarterback. To me, Stroud kind of I see like just middle ground there. Like maybe it's a high floor, low ceiling to me with Stroud. Throws a nice ball, but again, like if you're not able to make the plays, that's where I get concerned. So you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I I see. Much higher ceiling for Bryce Young. I guess I'll give you that, though. Ian, higher floor for CJ Stroud, but it's number one pick. You right. want to go high? You want you trade? You're the Panthers. You gave up all those picks to move up for a, a decent floor, decent ceiling. To me, it's <laughs> Bryce Young is the one that jumps off the page, um, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I, I could see the concern though with Bryce Young, just the size wise. I will say this. I don't think the Panthers should have traded up to one. Ian and I have talked about it. Uh, Reed, I'd like to get your thoughts if sometimes we overvalue the first overall draft pick. Uh, because for me, if you don't have a clear-cut guy, there's not an Andrew Luck. There's not a even Trevor Lawrence, right? There, there's no quarterback, a quarterback who's like, that's the guy. He will have immediate success. His floor is going to be here. And then there's also this immense upside. We're not seeing it. There's so many questions about Bryce Young. You even mentioned C.J. Stroud. Yeah, maybe the floor is there, but the ceiling's not there. I get you probably want to take more of a uh, of a ceiling guy. Well, you know, with the first overall draft pick, you don't want to draft Jared Goff one one. That's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to find the the Patrick Mahomes. You're trying to find the Joe Burrow. But to me, I think that first overall draft pick has gotten a little bit uh, overvalued. Yeah, I. I just talk nice about Bryce Young because he is my like that's my in my opinion the best quarterback in this class is Bryce Young. To me though, I think the Panthers got fleeced in this deal. I I personally think that they gave up way too much to move up and control this board. Whether you're going Shroud or Bryce Young, I just don't think that either of these guys are worth the haul they gave up to get there because it, it's opportunity cost, right? They gave up off the top of my head. I think it was this year's pick a second or third round pick next year's first and the following year's second and DJ Moore, like you're leaving, whether it's young shroud, whoever it is, you're leaving them with nothing. By the time that these guys are going to be at the end of their rookie contracts, you're just now getting your assets back. So I think it was a, a bit of a dicey gamble and they overpaid. 
I get you want the quarterback prospect and David Tepper is so aggressive, but I would not have made the trade if I was controlling, you know, the Panthers war room. I would not have moved up for this type of haul, in my opinion. So I agree with you there. I don't think, especially given next year's class with Caleb Williams and Drake May, I think next year's quarterback class has much higher pro potential in my opinion. So I think the Panthers got a little too aggressive in my opinion, but you know, we now live in this world. So, uh, you know, I, I personally think Bryce Young should be the number one overall pick. I, I don't think Stroud's out of it, but that's how I see it right now. But no, I would not have made this move in my opinion. I will also say the Texans have done a good job, which is weird saying the Texans have done a good job, but re-signing Laramie Tunsil, bringing in Dalton Schultz, which we all know rookie quarterbacks like to target their tight end early in their careers. Also bringing in Robert Woods, giving their rookie quarterback a chance. The Panthers, on the other hand, that remains to be seen. But let's look into the future. Question number one, what player do you think your team will select with their first pick? Ian, I want to start with you. Mr. <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> Mr. Atlanta. Yeah, since I've heard this news, I'm I'm uh, I haven't gotten over it yet because I was getting ready. So there's a guy who I want to fall to the Falcons at eight overall, and that's uh that's Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Um, the two I was prepared to talk about how the two positions the Falcons need more than anything else are an edge rusher and a cornerback. Uh, they got the cornerback five minutes ago, so now I guess edge rusher is our number one primary concern. If they go anywhere other than edge rusher with their uh, number eight overall pick, I will be very upset as a Falcons fan. There's a lot of rumors that they might get Bijan Robinson, which is I th- which I think is stupid. They just got Tyler Algier in the fifth round last year. He rushed for a thousand yards. I'm seeing some mock drafts. I'm taking Will Levis, which absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. You're just getting another Desmond Ritter. Uh, they've committed to to Desmond Ritter. They're going to see what he has. Why would you take Will Levis in that spot? It makes absolutely no sense with the amount of holes that the Falcons have on their team. So they better go pass rusher. If Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech falls to them, easy pick. If he doesn't, I would like to see them trade down because there's some options that they can get probably 12th overall if they trade with the Texans, 13th overall, 14th overall. Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Uh, I, I'm seeing uh, a lot of mock drafts with him going to the Falcons. I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, and then Clemson, Miles Murphy, who I think they can get a little bit later in the first round. So I hope they go edge rusher with that number eight overall pick. Tyree Wilson, if not him, trade down and get one of the other guys because I don't see any other position they need more now. Now that they've got Jeff Okuda, let's go get an edge rusher uh, and move on to the second round. I want to point something out in the chat really quickly. Black Mamba says, we don't know anything about the Panthers offseason. I'm just going to go ahead and say, I don't think bringing in Adam Thielen is all of a sudden, that's the move that makes the Panthers a contender, makes them have a great correlation or a great connection with their rookie quarterback. I do think Hayden Hurst is a underrated move. Hayden Hurst, again, I like tight ends. I like good, solid tight ends with young quarterbacks, again, especially rookie quarterbacks. Their offensive line isn't great. Uh, If you want to say DJ Shark, if you're hoping that he just all of a sudden breaks out, I I just don't really see it with the Panthers. Miles Sanders, he's a fine running back. I'm not saying the Panthers just stood pat, but they didn't bring in any big-name guys. Again, I would prefer to have Laramie Tunzel and Dalton Schultz over Hayden Hurst and Adam Thielen, but that's just me. Uh, Reed, first off, who's your team? And second off... I'm a New York Giants fan. So I, you know, back half of the draft, um, I think that the Giants are going to have decent options uh, picking the 20s. I just think, you know, the way the wide receiver class is going to fall, that's where I would like for them to go. That and cornerback to me, back half of the first round, I think they're going to have plenty of options. Two names that stick out to me, though, that 
are highest on my wish list. Zay Flowers from Boston College. Watch a Boston College game last year. Uh, it was pretty grim, but the only upside was Phil uh, Dracovic just chucking the ball downfield to Zay Flowers and him making a play. So I like Zay Flowers a lot. Giants, of course, need help in the passing game. Resigned Dan- Daniel Jones. Uh, going to bring back Saquon Barkley, but they need to get the passing game going. I think Zay Flowers is a great place to start. But if they go corner, which would be perfectly fine, um, Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State to me is a great look. Led the country in pick sixes last year. Um, you look at Wink Martindale's scheme, press corners, aggressive corners, that's that's Forbes right there. So I think um, the Miss State cornerback, that would be a great pick. Mott in that late first, maybe early second round. So I think this is a great landing spot for him. Maybe this would be seen as like, a few picks earlier than the mock drafts would have. But to me, this is a guy that fits the scheme really well. So those are two guys that I have my eye on for the Giants. Yeah, I should have understood that you were a Giants guy with a Jason Kidd jersey in the background. Yeah, come on. This, <laughs> is, this, is, a new, this is a New York jersey. That's a New Jersey Nets jersey, though. That, that's not a, a Brooklyn. New Jersey, that's, New York. We're all the same here. There's not, you know, there's not, there's no New York, uh, new, uh, no Manhattan uh, New York sports team. So Jersey right over the bridge uh, in the Meadowlands. So, yeah, um, I don't know, man. Hoboken. What do, what do you consider Hoboken? That's Jersey. Oh, that's Jersey, Jersey, though, for sure. I'm from, I'm from Jersey now living in Manhattan so grew up right by the Meadowlands now live in the city so you know this comes all full circle yeah yeah you're you're a big um what's the Atlantic City guy that's that's all right no, that's too far for me come on that's too far <laughs> that's like all the way on the other side of the state that's that's a trek when it gets nice out I'll go down there and uh you know enjoy the beach but uh I'm like during the winter during football season not as much yeah. Uh, Joe Brandon in the chat says the reason the line moved is because Chris Mortensen, who you, uh, can just about take it to the bank, said it's Bryce. And that's what he's been told. How did you guys miss that? Um, I don't know. I didn't see Chris Mortensen go out with that. Um, no, so this was I, I could talk to this. So this was last week. Mortensen said uh, that it was like on like a lost NFL live clip from like days before. And it got like retweeted into social media. And that's sort of the initial Bryce Young move. Then it got knocked back to CJ Stroud because again, things move on news. But Chris Morrison said that Bryce Young is very much in the conversation for number one. And then obviously more people are starting to come out and say that. So um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of been part of this move forward, but I don't, I think the right word was that um, Bryce Young is firmly in the conversation or Bryce Young, you know, the Panthers love Bryce Young, while also saying they love C.J. Stroud also. It wasn't like a declarative, you know, Bryce Young is going, like, let's go. Because, again, like, if that was the case, this line wouldn't exist anymore. So, um, but, yeah, Chris Morrison did say that last week. Uh, For me, I'm a Chiefs guy. If you listen to me, you know me. Uh, Big Chiefs guy. It's nice. We're picking 31. Not 32. 31 and a Super Bowl with the NFL draft here in Kansas City. Uh, Chiefs real needs wide receiver. They really need a wide receiver one. Um, they, they need a tackle, whether they want to go left tackle or right tackle. It's up to them. Obviously, with the move, uh, bringing in Jawan Taylor, the former Jaguars tackle. They're trying to move him from right tackle to left tackle just based on that contract alone. Uh, and the other option is edge. Uh, they have George Karloftis, which was a first-round draft pick last year. They might want to go on someone on the other side. Uh, I would like to go with a bendier edge guy because Karloftis is more that power bull rusher. Give me a speed rusher on the other side, uh, to, a nice little compliment. But at 31, 
they're in an interesting position here. Uh, you know, Hayden Hook, uh, Hinden Hooker has been trending up. Some team might want that fifth-year option. I think it would make a lot of sense realistically for the Chiefs to trade back. If they trade back, I would like Derek Hall from Auburn, the edge rusher there. But if they decide to trade up, because, again, I don't think they stay where they're at. Knowing Brett Veach, he likes to be very aggressive. I think you're probably looking at Darnell Wright from Tennessee, depending on where he falls to. If you start seeing him around 18 or later, don't be surprised to see Brett Veach trade up for Darnell Wright. Yeah, I, I think prime trade of Canada, especially it's a crowded offensive line in like that 10 to 20 range. Johnston, Skaronsky, uh, Broderick Jones, a lot of guys in the mix there. So I, I think – the Chiefs, if you're thinking O-line Sterling, I think you know, you're know you going to be able to move up a couple spots and uh, pick up an offensive lineman, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the future number two. Who will be the first cornerback selected, Witherspoon or Gonzalez? Uh, Ian, I'll start with you. I think it's going to be Gonzalez. Uh, when I was before the Jeff Okuda trade um, happened, I was going to say Gonzalez was going to be who the Falcons were going to take number eight overall. I think when you look at the two cornerbacks, it looks like Gonzalez might be the m- more athletic guy, uh, the guy with a little bit more size. Uh, Witherspoon might be a guy who um, maybe a little bit of a smarter cornerback. Um, and also the thing that you have to keep in mind with Witherspoon is that he really only had one good year in college. He was kind of average at best. Uh, in his couple years leading up to last season. So maybe a little bit more of a bigger body of work from Gonzalez. Uh, If you take a look at the betting odds, pretty close. Uh, Gonzalez is a slight underdog, though, but I think just teams like his athleticism. uh, I'm going to say him out of Oregon. Yeah, I think think two horse race here between Witherspoon and Gonzalez. From a betting perspective, Gonzalez was the favorite. Then Witherspoon flipped to the favorite over the past week or so. Um, I'll, I'll go Witherspoon, especially with this Lions move now happening while we're on the air. I think, um, Witherspoon fits the Lions a lot more, especially, um, you know, it's going to be a little narrative but I believe he was a no-star recruit, a walk-on at Illinois, um, gritty, ran a sick 4-4. I just think he's more of a grittier type that Dan Campbell's going to look for in the way the Lions want to build their roster. Gonzalez is more of the, the toolsy, traitsy, you know, sick RAS score at the combine, really long, talented. I, I think Gonzalez was that's why he was the early favorite because you know he graded so well and everything. But I think now, especially with the Lions uh moving up in or moving Jeff Akuda and now they're picking six, I think that makes it more likely they're gonna go cornerback. I think Witherspoon's more likely there. That would be my opinion on first cornerback. I think both go top ten though for sure. Um honestly I'll I'll go even uh no because Falcons got corner, but I think Raiders at seven are also a likely corner destination with who I guess whoever goes um, six, the other one goes seven. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if you're the Lions and they're going with the quarterback, a uh, cornerback first, you think it would be Witherspoon for the for the simple fact that yes, what you said, but two, they had a Gonzalez type of guy in Jeff Akuda. That bigger corner, 6'1", Gonzalez is listed at 197 pounds. I mean, you're talking very similar traits to Jeff Okuda. Obviously, you can't just say, well, we're never going to go with that 6'1", bigger cornerback who's who runs a 4'3'8 ever again. I mean, then you're going to miss out on some great prospects, but it does seem like they're going to turn a page and go with the grittier guy, which, again, would be Witherspoon. So just based on that trade alone, I think they're telling us Witherspoon will be the first cornerback taken. Uh, who will be the first wide receiver taken? Ian, starting with you. 
yeah, I don't really have too much of a unique opinion here. Uh, JSN is uh, the guy from Ohio State, the guy I'm going to go with, just based on the betting odds alone. And he does have a little bit of a separation from the rest of the receivers when it comes to betting odds. Um, minus 190, Zay Flowers second, plus 275, Quentin Johnson plus 650, Jordan Addison plus 700. So, I mean, we've seen some – that's this actually one market if you kind of want to place a little bit of a dark horse, but in past years – We've seen some receivers at like five to one, six to one odds to go to be the first receiver selected, ending up being the first receiver selected. Um, I don't really have any unique take on this one, though. I'll take the guy from Ohio State. Yeah, I just talked about it, but I, I think Zay Flowers is live to go earlier than expected. And I, I think, like Ian said, I took the words right out of my mouth. This is one where, yes, Maybe it's likely it is Jackson Smith and Jigba, but when you're betting the NFL draft, the further down the board you go, because JSN, the first likely landing spot for him is 12 to the Texans in most mock drafts. That's kind of the earliest he's going. He's not a top five pick, top six pick, where you kind of have like a firm grasp of where he's going to go. The further down you go, you start getting more variance. You start getting teams doing a little bit different, and there's ripple effects down the board. What did Smith and Jigba sell on the board when you get to 15 and 16? But the Packers have someone like Zay Flowers higher on their board and they're going to go with him. So I think this is a market where you could go further down the board flowers. He was seven to one a few weeks ago. He's now like in the plus 300 range, the second choice. Um, I don't think Quinn Johnson, Jordan Addison graded out as well in the process for them to go where Zay Flowers has, he ran a sick 40. So I think if Smith and Jigba falls just a little bit, maybe a team has Zay flower rated higher. All it takes is one team here. So I think, Sure, maybe it is Jack Smith and Jigba, but for uh, the spiciness, I'll, I'll take Zay Flowers to be the first wide receiver off the board uh, come draft night. Yeah, I'll be boring, dude. I, I'll be I'll be <laughs> mayonnaise over here. I'll, I have no hot take. I'm with you, Ian. I think it's Jason. I think he's clear-cut the best wide receiver. Uh, you hear Olave and Garrett Wilson come out and say, yeah, he, he was the best dude out of us three, and we saw what those guys have already done in the NFL. I know. What are they going to say? They're probably going to try and pump their guy up. But, man, he's just so talented. He is just so good. Not really a weakness in his game. Uh, I like JSN going first. But I will say, if you wanted to put a dark horse based on those numbers, I think Quentin Johnson might be the guy. Um, Him being 6'3", being that bigger-bodied guy, I could see a team saying, oh, we love that size. We love that size. Not only that, if you look at NFL combined with their next gen stats score breakdown Uh, that's a mouthful his his athleticism score was apparently second out of wide receivers so six three with the athleticism score whatever that takes into account uh, i think a team might get just um enticed by quentin johnston what about your Chiefs getting enticed by Quentin Johnson? I saw a few people mocking that. That would be no, 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 no. no. Oh, you just, don't. Oh, you're just, not interested? just because I think it could happen isn't something that I'm gonna do. I, I, if I were the Chiefs, I would wait for uh, Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. Okay. Uh, and Ian, I know that you have a very fond um, fandom to Tennessee, especially after uh, March Madness. That beer is gonna taste pretty good. We had a bet, Ian and myself, on Tennessee, which you're probably thinking to yourself, why would you ever bet on Tennessee? Um, well, we did because we're degenerates. It's what we did. Um, so I have to give him at least a little bit of a hard time. But I like Cedric Tillman. He he's a similar mold of Quentin Johnson, just without the um, the flair, production, all the hype surrounding him. I think that would be a, a move. I would think the Chiefs could take a look at. Okay. 
let's get into into the future number three. Which defensive lineman do you like the most? Ian, who do you have? Uh, the guy that I talked about earlier, the guy who I want the Falcons to take. Maybe it's because he's a lot more likely to fall to the Falcons uh, than Will Anderson, but I feel like I'm starting to see some reports of Will Anderson being overrated. Maybe that's just people just uh, needing something to talk about at this point. Um, obviously, we got the issues with Jalen Carter, which ca- is a significant cause for concern, I think. Didn't look good at this pro day, gained weight. Uh, and I don't see any reason why not to love Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. He's got size, six foot six, two hundred and seventy-five pounds. He can both uh, rush the passer. He can stop the run. He's got some versatility on the defensive line. Uh, he's improved every single year throughout his college career, which I like to see. I always get a little bit concerned when a guy drops off uh, a little bit uh, in the most recent season, but he's improved every single year. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyree Wilson. All right, who do you have? Reed, what are you yeah. thinking? So I, 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 read the, uh, I read the outline a little bit wrong. I thought we were talking who I think goes first because I think that Tyree Wilson's upside, like Ian said, is tantalizing. To me personally, as someone who watches college football, it's hard not to just see Will Anderson every time you watch Alabama. He is right. in the backfield every single play. He's everywhere. Um, he's a guy who was a finalist for a Heisman Trophy two years ago. Obviously, Alabama had less success um, this year, so didn't get as much notoriety. But, I mean, just the guy in the toughest conference in college football, making play after play, he's everywhere. The motor's unstoppable. Um, I Will Anderson is my favorite uh, pass rusher in my um, – you know, if I were to make a scouting big board or anything like that, um, I guess on the Tyree Wilson front, my, you know, bold prediction, best bet type thing. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. That's where I bring in the Tyree Wilson hype. I, I'm Will Anderson. Again, yeah. I'm not I'm not a hot take artist over here. Um, I'm going Will Anderson. I, I do think Carter's very intriguing as far as from a talent perspective, but – the what was it, nine pounds overweight, all of the off the field stuff. Um, Drew Rosenhaus saying he they're not going to meet with anyone outside the top 10 makes me question some of that. Um, Dan Campbell's comments as well. Uh, it's interesting. Then asked to elaborate. It's interesting. Maybe it's a positive. Maybe his teammate said the, the most wonderful things about him, but with uh, everything else surrounding him, I can't get behind Carter right now, so I'm going to go with Will Anderson. Uh, let's get into the future number five. Best NFL draft prediction or bet? I trust you two on this one. This is your specialty, Mr. Bet-sided folk. Ian, starting with you. Yeah, this is more of a prediction. I don't know if you can bet it. You can bet it on this player to go in the seventh round at three to one, I'm finding out there. So uh, you're going to have to get a little bit creative on how to bet this. But I think with the Falcons' final pick in the draft, we're going to bring home Mr. Georgia himself, uh, Stetson Bennett. Project quarterback. (laughs) Georgia loves him. Bring him to Atlanta. It's a third option. He's a little bit of a project for us. He's your first option. Stop. You hate Desmond Ritter. It makes I me mean, so angry how much you hate God, Desmond Ritter. There's not much to love about Desmond Ritter. Well, what do you mean there's not much to love about Desmond? He's going to lead us to three Super Bowls. I talked about it last week. He progressed every – this is not a Desmond Ritter talk, but he progressed every game last year. He's young, took Cincinnati to the playoff. People forget. I'm high on Desmond Ritter. But anyways, if he doesn't work out, bring in Stetson Bennett, the pride of Georgia. He did it with Georgia. Maybe he can do it with the Falcons. Although I am concerned he's like 38 years old. So a little, bit, right. a little bit of an older quarterback. He's in his prime. Yeah, that's right. 
Him yeah. and Perry Ellis at KU, it just <laughs> felt like they were there forever. Maybe throw an Aaron Craft at Ohio State. Reed, before I get your answer, what do you think about Desmond Ritter? I mostly do it to give Ian a hard time. It's fun. He gives me a hard time about the Chiefs. I give him a hard time about the Falcons, which is very, very easy. Yeah, uh, it's honestly, I feel bad. Fair fight. <laughs> yeah, it's not really a fair fight. But w- what are your thoughts on Desmond Ritter? He's a below, a below average quarterback who, you know, win you a handful of games and, you know, you'll be in the top 10 every year until, you know, you find the next one. Like I, I think that the Falcons should absolutely be in on this Lamar Jackson thing. I, I think the roster is further along than, you know, is me being led on being pick, picking in the top 10. If you get a guy like Lamar Jackson with the weapons on offense, I think the Falcons can take over that NFC South that is ripe for the taking, but Desmond Ritter, no way. I think uh, if Desmond Ritter was that good, he would be, he would have taken the job from Marcus Mariota earlier in the year. Yeah. I expect apologies from everyone when Desmond Ritter turns out to be an all pro. <laughs> and what happens if he's not, we just don't talk about it. It just doesn't right. come up. It never right. happened. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I don't know if I like that, but I like our tendency bet better. Ian. I like that one better. Desmond Ritter already probably a top three quarterback in the NFC. And there hasn't even been a snap yet this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Reed, what is your uh, your draft prediction or bet? Okay, so this is – you said, Sterling, you're not like a hot take guy. I try to I try to give some nuanced takes, but this one is a – I guess it's starting to pick up steam, so I don't think it's as hot as it may have been yesterday when um, I bet it. But if Bryce Young is going to go one, there's been a lot of tea leaves out there that – if the Texans don't get Bryce Young with the second overall pick and he ends up going one, then CJ Shroud isn't as super, isn't as high on their board. CJ Shroud might take a little bit of a tumble here. The what was thought to be the number one pick might be sliding down the board all of a sudden because the Texans aren't that interested. The Texans still very early on the rebuild. They don't need to force taking a quarterback just now. They might be content to keep stockpiling these picks. Maybe they look to trade back, but what if they like one of these defensive players like a Tyree Wilson? who Lance Zerline of NFL.com, who, you know, one of the sharper mock drafters out there, he actually mocked Bryce Young and uh, Tyree Wilson 1-2 in his mock draft last week before this Bryce Young thing even picked up steam. So to me, I guess my prediction will be uh, Bryce Young goes one, Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson, I'll do it for the for the hot takiness. I'll do Tyree Wilson two. CJ Shroud goes three because somebody trades up to get to three and get CJ Shroud. And um, the fourth pick, um, if it's not the Colts, if the Colts are picking four, I'll go Will Levis. Is the That's the top four if the Colts don't trade up to three and get CJ Shroud. So I think, I guess my prediction and bets out there are, you know, defensive player as pick two, um, whether it's Will Anderson or uh, Tyree Wilson, and then CJ Shroud goes third overall. That's my uh, kind of how I see this draft playing out ask me today and you know you could get some long numbers on those so um let's hope those let's hope uh in two and a half weeks those cash can you bet on like these major betting sites about a team to trade up trade down or to stay pat or is this only something you can do if you have a bookie in a trench coat smoking a cigarette in the the underpass of a garage Uh, that that's not how my bookie uh he operates. He doesn't have the trench coat anymore. He got rid of that. But um, I don't think you could bet on teams to trade up, but like all these books now, you could bet on position of player um, that you use on your first pick position or player drafted by this team. So, you know, there's a lot when 
you know, there's a lot of smoke around the Titans trading up. Uh, Anthony Richardson to the Titans, that picked up last team because the idea was they'll trade up and get there um, at three. Maybe he falls to, um, what are the Titans, 11? No, Titans are somewhere around there. So you could bet on like all different sorts of things. It's actually been slower than usual this year getting props out there, but you could bet on all different sorts of things as it relates to the NFL draft. I just think we really need to bring back the image of the trench coat, the, the the top hat and the cigarette smoking in a garage. I'm firmly convinced the CEOs and the owners of like BetMGM and DraftKings, <laughs> this is what they do. They just hang out down there. They all talk like Kermit the Frog. You know, they're just they're really getting down there. That's what I'm picturing. Uh, and that's how they have all of our all of our money. But no, I'm kidding. I, uh, if I listened to you guys, I would do so much better. If you faded me, you would win so much more money. So That's why, come check out bedside and we'll, you know, we hope to, you know, you know, only positive interactions with trench coat and uh, the bookies down underneath the underpass. <laughs> well, I want to get into the prediction I have, and that is the chiefs trading up, even though I want them to trade back. Uh, I just don't think they will uh, as much as I want them to trade back. Cause I think they can both get Derek Hall and Cedric Tillman in the second round. I think that'd be a good move. I don't see a, player for them at 31 and I think some team again would want hooker at that fifth year option at 31 knowing Brett Veach and what he has shown us he's shown us he likes to trade up he likes to be aggressive so I think that he trades up and I think he does get Darnell Wright from Tennessee that's gonna be my uh prediction I I think this is a fairly realistic one I'm gonna be happy that it happens because I think that uh um really shores up that offensive line. The offensive line is very talented on the interior for Kansas city, but the tackles are still a question mark as much as I want to be optimistic and thrilled about Juwan Taylor. We saw a former right tackle go to left tackle in Orlando Brown jr. And he was fine. He was above average, but it wasn't necessarily what we all expected. They are trying it again with a more athletic tackle, but still I have my reservations and you have a Half billion dollar investment back there. Uh, Let's get another uh, solid offensive lineman. So I think the Chiefs trade up. That is my prediction. I'm looking now for uh, if they have like Chiefs to take odds, like what position or something like that. I don't think Darnell Wright will have that. But um, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, Sterling, you laid it out really nicely. I think on, uh, you know, trading up, getting an offensive lineman, I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, given what the Chiefs need right now. Yeah. Let's do some quick hitters. So this is what we do, Reed. We have these quick hitters. You say in, out, and you can give just a little explanation of why you're in or out. Uh, let's start with you, Ian. Bijan Robinson will be a top 15 pick. Uh, I'm going to say in, unfortunately, because I do see, like I said earlier, a lot of mock drafts and a lot of Falcons fans, too, hoping that they get them either at eight or trade down a little bit and get Bijan Robinson um, with like the 12th or 13th or 14th overall pick. Obviously, a talented player, but the question comes up, uh, is is the running back position important enough to spend that high of a pick on? I don't know. I say no, but I don't believe in NFL executives to feel the same way. Uh, Some teams just like to get the best player available, like to get the most flashiest player. So I'll say, I'll say I'm in on him being a top 15 pick. Reed. I'll, I'll go out. Cause I, I, I already came up in my head what the answer is going to be. And it was kind of the opposite of Ian's like, maybe this is the year that GMs wise up teams wise up that it's not worth it to get B. John Robinson, at least not for the teams picking in the top half of the first round that need more help elsewhere. Um, maybe teams wise up this year. Maybe I have too much faith in these teams, but I think Bijan Robinson is an electric player and he's going to be awesome in the league. 
still just think the value of a running back isn't worthy of being in the top half of the first round. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Reed. I think we're finally starting to see the value of running back catch mm. up. I don't think we're going to see uh, many more first round running backs taken. Although I will say you might see some towards the end because while running backs, we're, we're starting to understand the value more. It comes from scheme. It comes from offensive line. That fifth year option can be very valuable for a running back who is extremely talented. It didn't work out for Kansas City in one of these examples of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, we saw what happened there. That did not work out. That was a, a, a miss. But if you can't have a fifth year option on these running backs, you might get that value so you're not paying them their second uh, second option and you're getting the best five years realistically of said player. I mean, you're seeing running backs after five plus years just fall off the, the face of the earth. Guys you never thought would happen, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, uh, who knows what's going to happen with Derrick Henry. Um, so for me, I don't see the value, but maybe that fifth year does make a difference, but I'm out. I'm with you, Reed. I, I think teams are finally starting to wise up. Uh, next one. There will be a trade in the top 10 picks, in or out, Ian. Uh, yeah, in. I mean, there usually is. Was it last year or the year before? Maybe even the year before that. Time just, just has <laughs> all mushed together into one year. Wasn't there a year recently where there was like no trades in like the top like 10 or 15 or 20 picks? Or am I misremembering that? No, I, I definitely think you're right. I can't remember the year, but that was one where we're all just sitting here going, is anything going to happen? Right. Is anything going to happen? Just picks. Like, come on, give me something else. <laughs> I say now definitely with the Jeff Okuda trade happening, because now I think the Falcons are a prime candidate to trade down. I'll say, yes, there will be a trade. Yeah, I agree. I, I'd be shocked if the Cardinals pick at three. So, mm. yes, for sure. And then also, you got the Falcons in there. Um I wouldn't rule out the Bears who need help kind of everywhere. Do they kind of just keep stockpiling assets, just keep working their way back down the board? They're picking nine now. So, um, yeah, I'll go with yes. I think I'm in on a trade in the top ten. Yeah, I'll go in as well. I think something exciting happens. I think the Cardinals are probably the best bet as mm-hmm. well. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers trade gets done during the NFL draft, in or out? I'm in on it. I've been saying it for the past little while. I think now is – Finally, the time for them to pull pull the trigger, toss in some draft picks, get it done. So I, I'm in on the Aaron Rodgers trade getting done during the draft. I'm going to go out because I, I think this is one of the most underappreciated storylines going in sports right now that no one is talking about. Just yeah. they've agreed to they've, they've seemingly agreed. The player said that he's going to this team and there's just no trade and just no one's talking about it anymore. I, how long does this go on for? I, I think it goes on for a, maybe a month or so more. So I'll go, I am out on an Aaron Rodgers trade come draft night. I'll go in and partially because Ian's been been so adamant about it happening. And and I know he's right way more than he's wrong. So I will agree with you there. <laughs> but I wish. it feels so weird. I, we talked about this two weeks ago. I said they agreed to a trade. We, they, Aaron Rodgers publicly said, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to the Jets. I want to be a New York Jet. The Jets want him. The Packers don't want anything to do with him, it seems like, anymore. But yet we're sitting here just stuck. A couple weeks ago, the Jets GM was sitting here saying, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. It'll get done when it gets done. I'm sitting here going, I would be worried about it. (laughs) Has there been anyone more flaky in the NFL than Aaron Rodgers? Maybe the case for Brett Favre. That might be it. If there's anyone who might just say, you know what? I'm going to retire. I'm going to the desert, going to drop some peyote and have a nice time. It would be Rodgers. Like, that would be something he would do. I would be very nervous if I were the Jets. So I hope this happens. 
So I hope we can stop talking about it. I listen, I agree with you. I think I think this thing is becoming more sillier and sillier by the day and uh, sets a weird precedent going into next year. Do you guys have any idea what the draft uh, compensation or what a trade package might look like for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, you're talking about a, you know, two MVPs in the past three seasons, right? But also coming off one of his worst years, didn't have a lot of talent on that Green Bay team. They finished eight and nine. And that's another thing. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers leading a team to go eight and nine as if he is Patrick Mahomes in his prime. Like, can we, <laughs> like, can we say what it is? This dude might be just washed up. Again, two MVPs in three years. Maybe, maybe he still has a lot left in the tank based on that. But maybe we're also looking at last year was who he's going to be going forward. I don't know. But what do you guys think a trade package looks like? Reed, I'll let you go first on that one. Ooh, um, on the washed front, I think you might be onto something, Sterling. I think definitely, maybe his best years are finally behind him. He's thirty nine now, something like that. Thirty eight. Yeah. Um, you know. We've only seen this really been done once, and that's Tom Brady. I mean, we saw Drew Brees fall off. Uh, Brett Favre eventually fell off. So um, the older you get, this really, you know, I don't think we should start be treating Tom Brady as the norm. You know, that's that's Tom Brady. So, um, you know, I think the Jets are, in terms of what a package looks like, I, I'm terrible when it comes to NFL trades and what, like, the value of it is. I do imagine, though, the Jets are going to end up overpaying. They have a lot of talent, but you're also in a loaded conference with, you know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, forget about just the conference, about the division. Bills are still going to be talented. Dolphins are, are loading up. Um, Patriots are, you know, not very great, but it is, you know, I it's, not, it's never easy for the Jets against the Patriots anyway. So, um, you know, I think that the Jets are going to end up looking like an overpay here. So we'll see how it goes. But in terms of like what it actually is, I have no idea. I also just want to say, how great is it going to be when they start 0-3? And he oh, tells yeah, the press New York media to relax. <laughs> he's got no ring, or he doesn't have a ring like he has in Green Bay. That doesn't translate. Doesn't have those MVPs. It's going to be fascinating to see how that transpires. So that's what I'm really rooting for. Yeah, I, I, what would a package look like? Maybe like a second and a fifth? Probably more, right? It's Aaron Rodgers. Like it's your franchise you, quarterback. Yeah, but like you said, he's old. He doesn't want to be there. He's already not. He he already said he's not going to play for the Packers. So you have to just you have to get what you can get. Is there a rumored package? I like don't even. This report came out like a month ago, so like I don't even remember like what is going on. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't even know what like the bar has been set at. So that just feels like not enough. It it almost feels like if another team wanted to swoop in. Yeah. Like let's say the Forty Niners who say, you know what, we are quarterback away. We've been a quarterback away. Uh, Brock Purdy, congratulations. Thanks for helping us out. But you were just kind of a guy. You were a dude just just then and there. Uh, you, you see him as the season went on into the playoffs. Didn't look great. He was a disaster under pressure. And if you think, hey, he was a rookie, he can improve, I'll hear you out. But there's also a reason he was drafted in the seventh round. And don't give me Tom Brady. Don't give me Ian the outlier. I saw you smirking over here when I when I have my take on Brock Purdy because you know I love Trey Lance. Yeah, but you maybe, just hate you hate my guys. You hate Brock Purdy and Desmond Ritter, my two favorite young. No, no, no. But my point is, Rodgers would, would automatically make them the best team in the NFC. They would be a one of, if not the Super Bowl favorite. What if the Niners come out of nowhere and just say, "All right, we'll give you a first. 
I don't know. Would Rogers go to the team that didn't draft him and that he holds a grudge against though? I feel like Rogers would not <laughs> do that. It's a good point. That would be, I mean, the Niners, I, they, the Niners were rumored. Uh, no, I don't want to speak. Was the Mac Jones at the Niners or no, the Patriots are shopping Mac Jones apparently. But like, who knows how true that is? The Niners should probably be in the market for a quarterback, though. Yeah. Again, I'm all in on Trey Lance, but I also think when you have a win now team, it's tough to have a win now team with a very, very raw quarterback. Uh, but let's stop with Aaron Rodgers and get into another guy who obviously makes the news all the time, and that's OBJ. Odell Beckham Jr. is heading to the Ravens. Will this be enough to bring Lamar, or should I say, keep Lamar in Baltimore? I think it will be. I, I don't even think this contract is $15 million. I don't even think this was a contract to get OBJ. I think this was a contract given out to bring Lamar Jackson back uh, as kind of a, uh, I'm sorry, I messed up kind of. It's like the equivalent of getting getting your girlfriend flowers when you did something wrong and messed up. It's like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll get you your guy OBJ. Uh, you've, Lamar Jackson's always complained about not having weapons. Well, now he has a weapon. I still think OBJ is a little bit overrated. I don't think a guy who's been hurt a ton at his age um, is a true number one receiver, but he's someone. It's a step in the right direction to rebuild this relationship. So I think, especially now because Lamar doesn't seem like he has a ton of options left with with every other team out on him. I think this kind of gives him an excuse to kind of go back to the Ravens and try it for one more year. Yeah, I, I'm in on this. I think this will be, I don't know if it's necessarily enough or like this was already in the right direction. If like this is like a one for one thing, but I do think Lamar is going to end up back on the Ravens. And I'm not as high on Odell anyway, either just sat out a full season, um, but it's a step in the right direction. So I think that it seems like all things are aligning for Lamar to be back. He was like celebrating with Odell also when he signed the contract. So I'll, yeah. I'm in on this. The Ravens had to pay the... I don't want to say bad organization, but when you don't have an elite quarterback or at least a offense tailored to wide receivers, they're a run first offense. You have to pay that tax. You're not going to get those numbers. So they had to overpay for Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. I firmly believe that. Uh, it's not necessarily the same thing as the when you're a bad team, you have to overpay for players like I'm a Kansas City guy. So the Royals, for example, they had to overpay for uh, Jordan Lyles, the the starting pitcher. Probably said, who the hell's Jordan Lyles? And that's my point. They had to overpay for it. <laughs> I think the Ravens are in the same boat, but just a little different side of the coin. They don't throw the ball a lot. The numbers aren't going to be great. So they had to overpay to bring Odell Beckham Jr. in. My other question would be, sure, it's great if he plays on the franchise tag, but if you don't extend him, to an extent, could Lamar Jackson take this as you're overpaying for Odell Beckham Jr. who's not done anything <laughs> for his organization and you won't give me that money? Is there any chance that gets construed that way? Oh, like I think I feel like this was calculated though. They know what they are doing. It's either like Lamar's just out and this has not this is like irrelevant to that, but or the Ravens told Lamar, hey, we're gonna sign Odell. Here's where this is our offer. This is like the wiggle room we have for you. I feel like it was a coordinated effort here. Mm. But I like the galaxy brain thinking. Though. Yeah, I, I think that'd be just very fun. It, it could be just one big fu, like, hey, we're going to overpay everyone else, and Tyler Huntley's our guy now, or bring back Joe Flacco. <laughs> Maybe. All right, before we get out of here, we do this thing where we call "What is going on?" Just something in your life, something you're either looking forward to, something that you've just done. Uh, could be anything. So, Ian, we'll start with you. What's going on? 
Yeah, uh, obviously I'm a big NHL guy. Uh, NHL regular season wraps up end, uh, end of this week. Got to prepare for the NHL playoffs. Uh, my mom's coming to visit me in New York for the first time this weekend. So we get to do a lot of touristy stuff. I'm a sucker for actually doing touristy stuff and I don't get to do much of it. So, uh, even though I've lived in New York for now a year and a half, I'm going to be, uh, a true tourist this weekend. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And, uh, I'm a huge Nets fan, as you can tell. So we've got the playoffs coming up. I don't have much hopes against the 76ers, but, uh, honestly college basketball just ended. So I'm, you know, we unplug now for a few weeks and then it's college football season. You know, prep starts uh, in like a month or so in May. So I'm a 76ers guy. Oh, God. so good luck. I worked there for three years. OK, I, I worked there. So I have a reason. I'm not just a bandwagon guy. First off, how do you know? Yeah, yeah, Congrats so, on your MVP. Joel Embiid looks like he's going to win the MVP. So I'll, I'll uh, tip my cap. Hang the banner. Hang the banner. So I was going to go with the NBA. So I'll just uh, have a little rivalry with you. Do you want to bet on it? Mr. Bet cited himself. No, 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 (laughs) no, no, no. You sure? Soft. Come on, Reed. I bet a six pack. All right. I'll bet you a six pack. Like I have. Sure. I I thought like we're talking like, do I, I think the Nets have no chance. So uh, we we, we bet six packs on this show because we're uh, responsible people. Okay. And it's, it's fun. So that's how I got the six pack from Ian. Uh, I'm hoping, hopefully get a six pack from you. Uh, also, feel, Ian has I no idea how much six packs win, If the Nets win though, I should get a 12 pack. That's like, we should get some odds here. Cause that would be like Deal. a big upset. So I want, I want 12 pack if the Nets pull it off. You get a 12 pack. Right, I fair. love Ian too. He goes, yeah. So I just send you like 20 bucks. I'm like, how much <laughs> do you, what six packs are you getting? Is this like some barrel oak aged bourbon barrel? <laughs> that's for in canada uh it's not that much of an exaggeration beer is extremely expensive in canada for some reason expensive in the that's too. why i don't live in canada a 12 pack of beer in canada is like 30 bucks i would go broke that's crazy yeah it's insane well this was a lot of fun reed thank you so much for joining us this was a lot of fun uh make sure you follow him on twitter at reed wallet that's r-e-e-d W-A-L-L-A-C-H. He is the senior editor at BetSided. So make sure you check out BetSided. A lot of great stuff going on there. Ian, obviously part of BetSided as well. Uh, Again, if you want to win bets, go there. If you want to lose bets, you can fade me on this show. (laughs) Either way, hopefully we can win you some money. He's also the host of the early early read. I don't want to say early bird. I don't wake up early. I'm not an early person. It's the early read. College football podcast. Get your college football fix. For Ian McMillan, for Reed. I am Sterling Holmes. We are out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.